got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. As Chris Berman used to say over there on ESPN, I actually think he still says it, let us be the very last to wish you a happy new year. Uh, And it is a happy new year for the Sacramento Kings and Sacramento Kings fans as that eight-game losing streak, and that's so 2019. That is a thing of the past. The Kings snap that losing streak and win their first game of 2020. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast Presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network, I'm your host, Damian Barling, and I thank you so much, as always, for tuning in and allowing me and allowing HoopBall to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. We hope that you're a subscriber. Uh, We hope, if you are a subscriber, that you've rated and reviewed the show as well. And if you're really digging what we're doing here over at HoopBall, we hope that you've shared us with some of your friends, uh, whether the old-fashioned way, you know, in person or in the 2020 way. Uh, on social media no matter how you share us we're just thankful uh, that you do and we're off to a positive note it's been a long time since we got to talk about the kings in a positive manner and uh, we're able to do that here tonight and we're going to dig into the kings 128 to 123 victory coming up here uh, in just a heartbeat it was a bizarre game Uh, and we'll lay out why in case you missed it coming up here again in just a couple of minutes Uh, I haven't been doing my daily podcast for the last couple of weeks the podcast with Demi Barling is going to return to your favorite podcast platform, including the one that you're listening to this one on. Uh, First thing, Monday morning, uh, but this is my first chance uh, on the air, so to speak, to speak about the loss of NBA Commissioner David Stern, and I promise this is a Kings podcast. I understand that, and it's a Kings postgame podcast. I understand that as well, and you want to hear about what went on against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies tonight, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about this. I I, I will say that uh, I had a number of opportunities to interact with David Stern while I lived out on the East Coast. And he is a, he's, he's an extraordinary individual for many ways. Him and Adam Silver couldn't be more different. Uh, David Stern is a guy who, when you're in his presence, you know you're in his presence. And you've heard a lot of people refer to him uh, as no matter what room you walk into, he is the smartest guy in the room. Uh, he's a very welcoming individual once you start talking to him. But before you start talking to him, he's a very intimidating individual. Uh, again, couldn't be more different than Adam Silver, who is just a, he's a long, lengthy guy with a welcoming smile. And like, he again, the two guys couldn't be uh, more opposite, both very pleasant in their own ways. But uh, Adam Silver has, or excuse me, David Stern had kind of an iron fist about him. Uh, and he was, uh, he, uh, again, a, a very interesting individual uh, to get to talk to in the brief occasions uh, that I did. And obviously has been noted here uh, in our community, uh, there are no Sacramento Kings uh, without David Stern. There is one individual responsible for the Sacramento Kings being here. One. And it's David Stern. Uh, you can give credit uh, to the former mayor of Sacramento, and certainly I don't believe that that this uh, Save the Kings thing would have been pulled off uh, with anyone else in that position other than Kevin Johnson and someone who had a direct tie uh, to the NBA. Uh, but this this was a David Stern deal, and David Stern laid all the parameters out uh, for the parties involved, and that is the one and only reason that the Sacramento Kings, that the city of Sacramento uh, has a franchise. It is the one and only reasons that the Sacramento Kings are still the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so as I mentioned, I'll speak more about my personal experience and just overall thoughts on David Stern coming up. On the Monday edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, if you've never checked that out, I hope you take the opportunity 
to do that. But let's get into the game tonight. I mentioned it was a strange one. Kings get the win, 128-123. If you tuned out after the first quarter, I don't blame you. The Grizzlies did everything right in the first quarter. They were up by as many as 19. A 10-0 run near the end of the first quarter really, really opened things up. And there was a, there was a, I don't know, there was a rock bottom moment here where you had to look at this game going, man, this team has lost eight in a row. Now, there's a lot of parallels, I think, to this Memphis Grizzlies team that we see this year and the Sacramento Kings team that we saw last year. The Grizzlies are a lot of fun to watch. They attempt to score a lot of points. They got really exciting players uh, on their roster. I'm a huge fan of Jaron Jackson Jr. Obviously, the addition of John Morant, he's a highlight reel. They've got their they've got their veterans there and Jay Crowder. You got the Anthony Brooks there as well. And you've got a team that is kind of, you know, they're trying to come together and put some. You know, they're trying to come together and, and, and put together some wins. Now, these two teams now have identical records at 13 and 22. So the, so the Grizzlies aren't having the early success that the Sacramento Kings had uh, last season. But in terms of excitement, in terms of this is a team that we need to turn into, in terms of, hey, you know what, let's check out League Pass and see what's going on with the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, they're worth it. Uh, they're a very good watch. And you looked at here in this first quarter thinking, man, really, a 19-point. We've lost eight games in a row. We're at home, and we're down 19 to a team that has an identical record to us. And there was a kind of a deep sigh moment there in the first quarter where it's like, man, how are we going to approach this? How are we going to approach the podcast tonight with this team just apparently giving up, checking out, and no longer caring? Then Rashawn Holmes went to work. And then we got a little dose of, of uh, well, last year's Kings basketball. <laughs> we got a little bit of dose. We got a little bit of dose of what we saw uh, last year in the second quarter. Uh, so as I said, the Grizzlies did everything right in the first quarter. The Grizzlies did not do everything right in the second quarter. An 8-0 run cut the lead down. Uh, quite a bit there in the second quarter, uh, right as the second quarter got going, a 12-2 run in the final two minutes gave the Kings a three-point lead headed into halftime. Again, down by 19 in the first quarter, up by three headed into halftime, and it was defense that did it. Uh, there's no argument about that. There's no real performance from anyone on either side that really stands out. I, I take that back. De'Aaron's performance stands out. De'Aaron was really good tonight. You could probably make a, a, a solid case that this was uh, De'Aaron's best game of the season. 30 minutes, uh, 27 points on 18 shots, uh, five steals, five uh, very timely steals to go along with his nine assists, four rebounds, and just one turnover. Uh, eight of eight from the line, which was a big deal. Um the Kings have been doing better at getting to the line. As a matter of fact, we were just talking about the differences there between the first quarter and the second quarter. You go back and look at the first quarter. I think the free throw discrepancy was the Grizzlies were eight of eight at the time. I think the Kings were two of two. Again, that's just at the end of one. Second quarter comes around. They took 11 foul shots in the second quarter. So again, two foul shots in the first quarter, 11 foul shots. Uh, in the second quarter, the Kings, uh, 
they were outscored 46 to 26 in the first quarter. They outscored the Grizzlies 37 to 18 in the second quarter. And again, the 37 is is fun. It's going to get people excited. It's going to it's, it's going to kind of bring us back to ah maybe is this the future? Luke Walton was talking about the future. He was talking about yeah, you know, you we're we're looking to run more in the future. And we speculated did is the future 2020? Is that what he meant by the future? Well, here we are. We're in 2020 and defense created pace. Defense hasn't created pace yet this year for this team. I think during the early run of the Kings this season, they had uh, tremendous performances on the defensive end. And I think we've stated several times here on this podcast that they have won a number of games this season on the defensive end, something that they didn't do last year. And if they did, it was it was very rare and very sporadic. And quite honestly, it was probably on accident. Uh, but this was the first time that we saw their defense creating their offense. This was the first time all year that we saw their defense creating that pace that we saw last year. Uh, and we mentioned the 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 getting outscored 42 to 26 in the first quarter. Uh, they outscored the Memphis Grizzlies again. It, it was defense that allowed them to do this 37 to 18. Now, the third quarter didn't particularly go well for the Kings, and that's what makes this game so bizarre. Kings were outscored 37-27 to in the third. Okay, well, the game isn't over in the third. The game is over in the fourth, and the Kings outscored the Grizzlies 38-26. to Dude, you figure it out. I don't know who this Kings team is. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know, man. This, this was as strange of a game. As you'll see all year, it didn't have the big, you know, whoop-de-woo, bizarre ending. It didn't, you know, no triple overtime nonsense, no, nothing like that. Though I was intrigued by the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies intentionally fouled someone down two possessions with three seconds left. I'm I'm anxious to see how that ends in a manner other than uh, the Kings winning. But that's what they did. We didn't have the bizarre ending. Uh, it wasn't a crazy game like that where, you know, all sorts of bizarre stuff is happening at the buzzer and then a buzzer beater happens or, you know, 20 minutes of reviews like we had a couple of nights ago. No, it was just weird that you... Hey, look, I'm, I'm taking a quick look here. Every quarter... Every quarter but the second, the t- someone was outscored by double figures. And in the second... Uh, the Kings uh, outscored. No, the, the the second quarter too. Every single quarter, a, a team was outscored by double figures. Forty-two to twenty-six, thirty-seven to eighteen, thirty-seven to twenty-seven, and thirty-eight to twenty-six. How random and lopsided is that? But it happened, and hey, Kings are on the plus side of it. Why not? Twenty twenty, new year, new decade. Let's run with it. Let's see what happens. Uh, there is some bad news to all of this because, of course, there is. Why wouldn't there be? Uh, why couldn't we go a Kings game without an injury? That would just be foolish here at this point of the 2019-20 season. Not only would it be foolish, uh, it would be unheard of. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich went to the bench with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, clutching his ankle. And I, I didn't catch the, I didn't see it live. Uh, and I didn't catch, I don't, I don't know if uh, NBC uh, showed a replay of it, um, 
but I'm I'm not I'm not exactly clear what happened. I, I I saw Bogey go to the bench, and I saw him, you know, motioning to the trainer. He looked really really frustrated, and he was pointing to his ankle. And then a couple of minutes later, uh, the camera catches him going back to the locker room. He wasn't he wasn't moving particularly well. Like it it didn't look like a you know a a, a long term concern situation. Of course, that's easy for me to say. It's not my ankle. Uh, but by the way he was moving, he looked uncomfortable. Uh, certainly nothing broken or any you know anything dramatic like that. But yeah, he he exited the he exited the game with about six minutes left. Went to the locker room with about four minutes left, and if, obviously uh, that was the last we saw of him. So we'll have to keep an eye on what the status is of Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, no Marvin Bagley. I probably should have mentioned that at the, at the beginning of the 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 broadcast for those who didn't turn in. Uh, I read something from James Ham that said. Uh, Marvin Bagley, no timeline for him. Uh, he got shots up today, but didn't run. Uh, and they haven't set uh, a timeline for when they hope to have him back or when they expect to have him back. So this is just a situation that I guess we're just going to have to continue to monitor. And it appears that's something we're going to have to do with Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. He had played 23 minutes up until that point in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was 7 of 15 from the field, uh, 16 points, uh, plus 5 in the plus-minus category. Uh, for those who like to monitor those type of numbers. Uh, Harry Giles continues to get loved by the crowd, though he didn't play particularly great tonight. Uh, one of four from the field, just 12 minutes, but he was impactful. You felt him out there. A lot of times guys can play uh, lengthy periods of time, and you don't know it. Yeah, that used to be my joke about, and it wasn't a joke, and I, I just used to kind of be how I felt about Costa Kufis. There were games where Costa Kufus would be out there for 27 minutes and you wouldn't know it. Like, you couldn't remember one single thing Costa did uh, in, in some games last year. And there were some games where he, there were some games where he was great, where he'd be like five of five, one of one from the line. He'll have like 11 points, nine rebounds, but you can't remember any of them because maybe they weren't impactful. Maybe you don't remember where they were. Maybe they weren't in timely moments. Again, Harry Giles didn't do anything uh, particularly earth shattering tonight, but you could probably remember a handful of his plays. You know what I mean? Like you, you, some of them are probably fouls, but he had some key rebounds. Uh, and again, the crowd continues to eat him up. Nothing like what they do for Rashawn Holmes, who is uh, by far uh, the MVP of the Sacramento Kings. He's the breakout star of the Sacramento Kings. He played 34 minutes tonight, seven of ten uh, from the field, seven rebounds, 18 points uh, for Rashawn Holmes. Him and Henry Giles, uh, they they used up their fouls. Uh, each of those guys collected five, uh, but another. Big-time performance from Rashawn Holmes. I mentioned De'Aaron Fox in his 27. Uh, Buddy Heald, a much better shooting night than we've seen in recent memory from him. 26 points, 7 rebounds, uh, 5 of 9 from behind the arc, 8 of 17 from the field overall, and for Buddy Heald, just two turnovers tonight. So um, overall, collectively, a better game from the Sacramento Kings. They go to 13 and 22 now. The conference is bad, man. Like I don't I I've said this a couple of times. It sucks. It's it, it it's weak that the Kings, you know, kind of got themselves in this situation, but when you look around and you see what's going on, it's it's all right. Like you know what I mean? Like it's all right. Kings coming off an eight-game losing streak. They get a win at home against the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Nope, sure doesn't feel like a big deal. But when you look around and you see the Phoenix Suns, well, they're 13 and 21. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they're 13 and 21. You look at the uh, San Antonio Spurs, who it just hasn't hit with them yet. They're 14 and 9. Guess who's got the longest losing streak in the conference now that the Sacramento Kings won? That belongs to the Portland Trailblazers. They're 14 and 21. That's another team that you keep thinking, okay, they're going to snap out of it, right? Portland hasn't done it. San Antonio, that's the a, 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 a team that's going to snap out of it, right? Nope. It's not. How much longer can Oklahoma City keep up with what they're doing? You know, Oklahoma City, if they decide to stand pat before the trade deadline, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. They're, 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 they're on a four-game winning streak right now, and they're four games over 500. It looks like there's a, I think there's a, a, a very, very real possibility that the eighth seed in the Western Conference, the, the, the eighth seed that we once thought would need 50 wins to get into the playoffs may very well be a below 500 team. And I could be off on that. There's obviously a ton of season left, but someone's going to have to go on a run here. And the only teams that I really believe are capable of going on a run are the Portland Trailblazers, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Sacramento Kings. I don't think it's the Grizzlies. I don't think it's the Timberwolves. I don't think it's the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns had their run. Now it's just about Monty Williams getting those guys to play better consistently. I don't think they're going on another run like they went on earlier. Same with the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to get into a flow here with the New New Orleans Pelicans who are coming to the Golden 1 Center here coming up pretty soon. It's about getting them. It's about working in Zion. At least I think it's about working in Zion uh, coming up as as his uh, NBA career is allegedly going to begin in January. So you look at you look at those teams that are bad right now. I think there's only three teams that are capable of going on a run. Let's go to Luke Walton and see if he wants to watch any film today. Uh, to be able to show the team uh, what we're you know what we're, we're we're preaching about and and you know one of the things we talked pregame was consistency. Again tonight we we I don't I think we need to play more of the 48 minutes to a certain level, but we scrapped out a win, and that's what's important, uh, you know, for right now. Um, but as far as being able to show the guys, like, why we have to be a good defensive team. You know, first and third quarter, we want to play fast, but if we're not getting stops, one, we're not going to get out and run, and two, you know, these other teams in the league are pretty good too, so they score 42 and 37 on us. So in the second quarter, I think we held them to like 30-something percent from the floor, and that's the quarter we get out and get 37. Fourth quarter, again, same thing. And we, you know, it, 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 they go hand in hand with how we want to continue to build this. So it was a nice visual for that. I thought we also had some really nice um, execution down the stretch when, uh, you know, the, the game slows a little bit. We had a couple of our late game sets we ran that the players really uh, did a nice job of setting up and setting screens and and, uh, and then knocking down the shots. So I think good all-around example tonight um, and a good way to start the new year. Luke, Katie Hunter, Kings TV. Bogey left the game um, to the locker room with about five, a little over five minutes left. Is there an update on his no, status? No, I mean, I just, you know, hopefully he's he's fine. He, he, you know, I think everyone that is with us all the time in the Sacramento area knows how important he is. Uh, and But we, as far as an update, we don't have one yet. We just, you know, hopefully it's not, uh, it's not too bad. Um, Rashawn Holmes had a huge second quarter, but has been, 
by far your most consistent player up to this point. You're hearing MVP chance for him. Um, just speak a little bit about his play and what he's kind of done thus far. Yeah, he's 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 been an, uh, an anchor for us. You know, he plays with that passion and fire that I think uh, you know the Sacramento. Uh, fan base really gets behind uh, because he just leaves it all out there every time he plays and uh, he's made a lot of winning plays for us he's uh, you know he's he's having a heck of a year so far um, but yeah it's you know he he, he knows what uh, what we need from him and he just goes out and does it hard every night and it's it's nice to nice to have that Luke, Sean Cunningham, ABC 10. Did it feel kind of poetic in a way to have to rally back from 20 down? And just what did you see from your guys, especially that second unit, to, to come back from that deficit? Yeah, well, I thought the second unit really did a good job of setting the tone defensively. Like, that, it, we weren't getting any stops. They came out. Um, they were hitting everything. And you got to give the other team credit for that. But part of that is... You know what we talk about. Don't let them just run the offense side to side. Like today's NBA is too talented. They're shooters. I mean, they got their power forward. You know, hit what he hit three three threes in the first quarter. I think two or three threes in the first quarter. I mean, that's that's how the league is played now. And I thought that second group came in and really stepped up the, the pressure. And now all of a sudden they start missing shots, and that kind of allowed us to find our, our rhythm. Um, but yeah, it, it shows again, uh, you know, what our team is going to be when we get where we need to go, and that is, they don't quit. We don't quit. We go, you know, zero and five to start the year. Whatever, play well. Whatever we, you know, we've lost now eight in a row, and then you go down twenty in the first quarter. It's easy to give in. It's the easier thing to do. And our guys kept scrapping and fighting and scrapping and fighting and they you know they pulled out a, a hard fought um you know gritty win so it's just kind of who our group is luke james ham nbc sports um when you look at the uh the way that fox kind of took control of the game for stretches on both ends of the floor is he the guy that has to step up and be that leader for you guys um he is you know what we we call the, the the head of our snake, right? So he, you know we 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 have a lot of guys that can that we believe in can step in, you know, be a leader for us. Um, we think Fox is is the guy that's really gonna um, take the group to the to the next to the next level. So um, you know he, he's young and that's a lot to put on his plate, but he, he's aware of that and he knows that that's you know kind of how we we feel about him. Luke Jason Jones, the athletic, uh, following up on De'Aaron, just when he's engaged the way he was defensively tonight, getting the block shot early, pressuring the ball more. Just what does that do just for the defense that you want to play and getting you out in transition? Yeah, he's great at it. You know, I've talked about it before. He's like a you know he's got he he's like a free safety in football where he's so quick and he reads things so well that when he's really engaged and he's coming over and making helps like the steal he had on on Jaron Jackson uh, when they were trying to iso Harrison I think uh, in the second he just gets to places so quickly and he's so explosive um, that it one it gets it gets us out and running two it gets the crowd into it and three our team uh you know his teammates really uh respect him and and go off of him so it kind of it gets the energy of the group up as well luke last game we talked about pace and it seemed like tonight that's what we saw we saw a completely different pace to your team is that the what we're going to see sort of going forward 
Uh, well, if we get stops, I mean, we didn't have, <laughs> we got to look at it. And, and, and there's a lot to clean up still. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that we haven't, um, you know, had, had our, our whole group throughout the, the 35 games to where we can really start to uh, build it out. But when we get really good at pace, it's going to be getting the ball to the Aaron and Corey, you know, as soon as the ball goes through the net or it's a rebound. But um, without the Aaron and Marvin, you know, those you change, it changes the way you play. And, you know, so it, there's there's some habits that we got to, you know, continue to work on, which we will in film and everything else. Um, but we're going to keep putting an emphasis on, on defense, um, you know, I gave Buddy a lot of credit before the, the game tonight on playing back-to-back -back what I thought was solid defensive games. I thought tonight he found his defensive rhythm, but to start the game, he gave up direct line drive. He gave up some middle drives. So, you know, we're going to keep harping on all that stuff too. But, yes, you will um, see us continue to uh, to play more of uh, that style, um, you know, as long as we stay healthy. Good thing I didn't go to mybookie.ag and – Make some predictions here on how many times I thought Luke Walton was going to reference the film. I guess he doesn't need to watch as much film in a win uh, as he does a loss. Of course, I'm kidding there with the reference to the press conference, but I do got to tell you about my bookie. It's one of the most trusted sites in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets on the NBA or you're looking for a sports book to make some bets on the wild card games coming up this weekend, mybookie.ag is the place to go. As a matter of fact, I got a link for you. Uh, right inside the description of this podcast, you could use the promo code SAC, S-A-C, to activate an offer that will give you, uh, well, it'll give you some free money to play with. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you will get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Now, maybe you don't, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little, a little outside your, your, your range there. Uh, for your for your gambling fun, thousand dollars gets you five hundred. A hundred dollars gets you fifty. Either way, you get free money by using the promo code SAC. S A C. That will activate your offer. Use that promo code. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, uh, and a very helpful twenty four seven customer service team. Remember, no matter your flow, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, the playoffs coming up this weekend, whatever it is, uh, MyBookie.ag is where you need to be. Bet. Win, get paid. Kind of the motto of the Sacramento Kings here in 2020, right? Bet, win, get paid. A couple of things I want to reference before we say uh, goodnight or goodbye, depending on when you're listening, and it doesn't matter when you're listening. We are just so thankful uh, that you are tuning in. Uh, he talked about defense. He talked about defense, which is something that we talked about here uh, at the beginning of the podcast, saying this was a game where it looked like th this was the first time that the Kings were actually able to run and create an offense off of the defense that they played. But we keep going back to pace, and he keeps going back to pace, and I understand why he does, because James Ham brings it up, Jason Jones brings it up, uh, I bring it up, people bring up pace, you bring it up. We bring it up in barbershops, we bring it up uh, at the house, we bring it up at our New Year's parties. We talk about the pace and how the Kings are significantly slower than they were last year. And we look at the roster and we go, well, it's pretty much the same. And one thing we know for sure is Rashawn Holmes is going to run. So your biggest acquisition, though he wasn't your biggest acquisition uh, you know, in July, we thought that was going to be Dwayne Dedman, the guy who has turned out to be your... Uh, biggest acquisition in in real life play here is Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes can run. So what are we missing here in terms of pace? It appears just 
putting all of this together, Luke Walton is of the belief that this team can't do both. You can't play defense the way he wants them to play defense and run at the same time. You have to allow your defense to create the pace of the game. That's that's my interpretation of what he's saying. I don't know that it, what he's saying. He may hear uh, someone could play this for him and be like, nope, that guy's an absolute idiot. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But putting together what he said tonight, putting together what he has said in the past, you know, going back and listening to past press conferences, past podcasts that we've done here and him talking about, well, we're learning, we're figuring out, we're, we've got to get better at this and we've got, bigger, we've got to get better at that and the pace will come. It's the only explanation I can come to. Because for me, the pace conversation has been dead and buried for quite a while. And I thought this team is is going to win defensively. That is the only way they're going to win. But again, trying to put all of this together, I believe Luke Walton thinks this team can win by pushing the pace based off of the defense that they played. They played that tonight just the or they were able to do that tonight. It's just the odd part is they were only able to do it for two quarters. They did it in the quarter that mattered, which was the fourth. But this isn't a recipe for success. <laughs> like the, the way that they played tonight, this is not a recipe for long-term success. You, you can't get outscored by double digits in two of the four quarters. Now, obviously, tonight you can, and with all due respect to this young upstart Memphis Grizzlies team, who I think is going to be on the come up here over the next couple of years, they got a superstar on their hands in John Morant, and I actually believe they got a superstar in Jaron Jackson as well. You know, this could very much be the, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies, the media in Memphis, the fans in Memphis, the the Hoopball Memphis podcast when it comes about, they could be talking about, you know, uh, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. the same way that we talk about De'Aaron Fox and, 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 and Marvin Bagley. But it's one thing to do it against another team that is 13 and 22. This ain't going to happen against the Los Angeles Clippers as we saw a couple of nights ago. This ain't going to happen against the Los Angeles Lakers. Who will this work against? Well, we know it'll work against Memphis. Will it work against Portland? Will it work against San Antonio? Will they be able to have quarters this bad against those two teams and still win the game? Because the fact of the matter is, even if they do it, don't do it against the Clippers, they don't do it against the Denver Nuggets, they don't do it against the Jazz, they don't do it against the Oklahoma City Thunder, if they're able to do it against teams like the Grizzlies, if they're able to do it against the Portland Trailblazers and the San Antonio Spurs, this could be the team that makes the playoff with an under 500 record. I think that's who's getting into the eighth spot. Memphis is playing, or excuse me, Oklahoma City is playing good ball right now. And I look at the Thunder a lot different than I look at the rest of these other teams in the Western Conference. I look at the Thunder differently because, one, we told you, and I don't know if we told you here on this podcast. I believe we did, but we certainly talked about it at length on the daily podcast. And that's, I think the Thunder are a whole lot better than people are giving them credit for. I think there's a lot of really, really good players, and now we're going to get an idea of how good of a coach Scotty Brooks is. And, or excuse me, not Scotty Brooks, I'm sorry. We're going to get a, a, an idea of how good of a coach Billy Donovan is. And maybe Billy Donovan is a pretty damn good coach because he's getting something out of these guys. And not only does he have them win them four in a row, he has a team that people, people were talking about this team tanking. They were talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder being one of the worst teams in the league. And here they are, four games over 500. Again, winning four games in a row. Playing good ball, man. They're showing that clip of of, of uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich wa- walking back to the locker room. I did not see that right the first time, man. He was he looked like he was in severe pain. 
as he was walking back there. I don't know what I was looking at the first time they showed this, uh, but I still got the post game on in front of me and looking at that again. I I am I am changing my tune. Uh, he was he looked like he was in a lot of discomfort as he was walking into that locker room. You heard the non-update update there uh, from the head coach Luke Walton. That'll be a situation we monitor. Uh, as we head into this weekend. And, of course, there's a back-to-back coming up on Monday and Tuesday as well. Uh, We normally don't do Saturday night shows uh, just because you guys got other things going on Saturday night and Sunday just based on on history. And we normally don't do shows on the first night of a back-to-back. But given the way this schedule is shaking out, I think the plan will be uh, we'll get back with you on Monday when the Sacramento Kings take on, I think that's the Golden State Warriors uh, coming up on Monday, thanks to Pelicans, the Warriors, and then they have a game coming up on Tuesday. Either way, we will have all of your coverage here uh, for the Sacramento Kings on hoop-ball.com here on the Sacramento Kings podcast on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. Uh, if you're interested in mybookie.ag, and you should be, uh, make sure you check out the link here uh, in the description of this podcast. Uh, use the promo code SAC, S-A-C, get some free money. Uh, and always, we appreciate you being with us and allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. I'm your host, Amy Barling. We'll be back uh, following the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors coming up on Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.